a Kansas Memory, a Kansas State Historical Society podcast featuring glimpses of Kansas history from documents in the Library and Archives collections. Between December 15th and December 31st, 1943, a specially appointed committee of 13 members of the American Legion met to work on a plan to request legislation to assist the men and women who were serving their country during World War II. The end result, with lots of twists and turns and drama, was the passage of the Servicemen's Adjustment Act of 1944. This act was better known as the GI Bill, short for the GI Bill of Rights, because it contained ten provisions. The first five were considered new, even revolutionary, and included educational opportunity, vocational and on-the-job training, readjustment allowances in the form of unemployment compensation, loans to aid veterans in purchasing a home, farm, or small business, and review of discharges. The other provisions address traditional veterans' benefits such as hospitalization and disability claims. Topeka attorney Harry Colmery was the member of the committee who was credited with combining the committee's various ideas into the first draft of the GI Bill. How did this Kansan become involved in the process that created one of the most important pieces of social legislation of the 20th century? Colmery was born in Pennsylvania in 1890 and received his law degree from the University of Pittsburgh in 1916. He was practicing law in Utah when he enlisted in the Army during World War I. In 1919, soon after his discharge, Colmery moved to Topeka, Kansas, and practiced law there until his death in 1979. As a result of his military service, he became a lifelong advocate for veterans. He joined the newly formed American Legion in 1919 and served as national commander of the organization in 1936 and 1937. He frequently served on the American Legion's National Legislative Committee, lobbying in Washington, D.C. on issues of interest to veterans. So he was a logical choice for the GI Bill Committee. The American Legion had advocated benefits for veterans since it was organized following World War I but it wanted to be proactive in ensuring benefits for the almost 12 million servicemen and women participating in World War II. It's important to remember that prior to the outbreak of World War II, the United States was still recovering from the Great Depression. Americans feared that when the war ended, veterans flooding the job market, coupled with the decline in defense industry jobs, would bring widespread unemployment. In hindsight, many people also believed that the severe restrictions placed on Germany following World War I, provided fertile ground for Hitler's National Socialist Movement. If the government failed to help its veterans make the transition from war to peace successfully, it could lead to social and economic turmoil in the United States. Harry Colmery presented testimony to Congress on the rationale for the bill. The American Legion has proposed it, and the veterans of foreign wars have joined us in its support. First, because we believe it to be the duty, the responsibility, and the desire of our grateful people to see to it that those who served actively in the armed services in the war not only shall not be penalized as a result of their war service, but also that upon their return to civil life, they should be aided in reaching that place, position, or status which they normally had expected to achieve, and probably would have achieved had the war service not interrupted their careers. And second, we urge its enactment as sound national policy for the good of the nation. 
He offered the following justification for the education provisions of the proposed legislation. But this educational provision has a much deeper and broader significance and compelling obligation. The nation will need the trained mind and body attuned to the peaceful pursuits of life, trained in the art of destruction of both life and property in every known mechanical and personal method, schooled in habits of thought and action which are the very antithesis of our Christian civilization, motivated as it is by the golden rule. This nation owes an obligation to them and to itself to take them back sympathetically away from the horrors and the stark reality of war and to give them every opportunity to become disciplined forces for progress through educational and training opportunity in its every aspect. To those who are already mourning over the cost, I suggest two things. If we can spend 200 to 300 billion to teach our men and women to kill, why quibble over a billion or so to help them have the opportunity to earn economic independence and to enjoy the fruits of freedom and civil and religious liberty, the things for which they fight? Harry Colmery concluded his testimony with several emotional appeals. In a true sense, we are not giving anything to the veteran. We are making a token payment on a debt we owe him, and it takes the form of opportunity, just trying to give him the opportunity to get back to the place where he can enjoy that same freedom of opportunity which will have been preserved for us through his service and sacrifice. And I am sure that you recognize the fact that among those of us who are taking an active interest with you in this cause, there is no selfish motive, for we are only trying to match our service with their service and our faith with their faith. Our satisfaction will lie in the accomplishment of a worthy deed. I invite your attention to the fact that following the last war, the men of arms of this country came back to their homes and loved ones, took off their uniforms, and despite hardship and adversity, and while in most of the countries which had participated in the war, governments were being overturned, our men were absorbed back into civilian pursuits without grave danger to American institutions. The task which lies ahead during the Reconstruction period looms up as a much more difficult one than in those days. The thoroughness with which the government plans to bridge the gap through legislation of this character and its intelligent and sympathetic administration might well spell the difference between national stability and chaos. These men will be a potent force for good or evil in the years to come. They can make our country or break it. They can restore our democracy or scrap it. They can promote world order or World War III. The answer lies in leadership. We look to the American Congress to step forward and give some of that leadership. This is your opportunity, and you can count on the American Legion to add its experience and influence to assist in guiding and directing the nation along the path of peaceful progress. This legislation undoubtedly changed the course of American history, and Harry Colmery helped make it happen. The number of college graduates doubled in less than 10 years following World War II. Of the 15.6 million veterans eligible, nearly 8 million took advantage of the education benefits of the GI Bill. Many of them became the first person in their families to ever graduate from college. In 1947 and 1948, over 40% of American homes were purchased with VA loans. 
Michael J. Bennett summarized the impact of the GI Bill in his book, When Dreams Came True. The GI Bill of Rights was the law that worked, the law that paid for itself, and reaped dividends because it made the American dream come true for so many. It enabled millions of working-class people to make a middle-class way of life for themselves. It did it by giving them an educational grubstake and homesteaders' claim on the new frontier, but it left the rest to them. They had to make the dream work for themselves. Harry Calmory, an adopted Kansan, wrote the first draft of the GI Bill and worked diligently for its passage. He was determined to give those who served in World War II the gift of opportunity to resume the lives that were interrupted by this military conflict. This has been a Kansas Memory, a Kansas Historical Society podcast. The documents used in this podcast are part of Kansas Memory, a virtual repository of primary sources from the Historical Society collections. The URL for the website is www.kansasmemory.org. Thank you.